about that. Does that sound fair? That, that, Not at all, that, but that's the way it was. That's exactly it. Or, you know, I mean. If you had a vagina, you couldn't vote. Right. You know, or let alone a different skin color. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so then, so then they changed it to all white men. Okay. So you didn't have to own property, but now you just had to be a white man. Okay. So no women, no people of color, mm-hmm. no Native Americans, no, no, nobody that you, no, no American citizen that was born in this country without a, without a dick. It is time now for something positive. Might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth the and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. A way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of Public Access America. My name is Jason. His name is Jeffrey, and we are together at last for another great recording. Um, it's Thursday. Apparently. <laughs> hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's another lovely day. It's uh, super foggy out, so it kind of looks like Silent Hill out there. Mm, love it. One of my favorite video games. Oh, I love that one. That one was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Out of all the remakes, like <clears throat> I would love to see a true from the beginning version remake a first person silent hill game because i mean the originals were so creepy it was so good it's one of the few games that i actually beat you know that i went all the way to the end that's crazy because in call of duty you start in a room i couldn't get out of the room dude (laughs) (laughs) so video games are not my forte uh, any positivity this week? What are you doing for your mental health? As Adam would ask. Ooh, what am I doing for my mental health? I honestly, mm-hmm. like this week was insanely busy for me. Um, I ended up getting some advanced certification. So that definitely felt good to get that done and, and passed. And, and now I am all ready to go on the next stage of, you know, whatever I hope is going to come down the pipeline for me. So really I really wanted to get you and Dan on together to ask you this one question, why and how, and what drives you to learn? Whereas other people are the opposite. You know, I like to learn. I like to learn in a certain way, my own pace, my own things, but there's a whole bunch of the country that actively ignores information the way you and Dan like collect it. And I want to know what it is that drives you, you know, in that way. Well, you know, um, I think I think it's a couple of there, there's a couple of things for me at least. Number one is that you know, my grandfather, <clears throat> my grandfather, you know, before he passed away, 93 year old man, he played guitar every day. And uh, one of the things that he always said about playing guitar was is that he was always learning. And so from there, it's like, you know, yeah, something that you would think as simple as a musical uh, musical. Uh, equipment or, or an instrument, you could still be learning that many years later, you were never done learning. And so like, there was that, like, that was, that was kind of already there for me, you know, as someone who I saw as a master said he was still learning. So that if, if someone that I saw, you know, was a master at good old finger picking country was still learning, then, you know, I never had any excuse. <clears throat> so for me, it's, it's, there, there's a few different parts. Um, number one is I wouldn't say an innate drive to prove myself right as much as it is to prove myself wrong. Um, because you know, data, the thing about data is, is that if you do it, if you, if you collect and analyze it properly, 
and you get as many biases you know as possible out that you've that you know of i will say that did you know of a lot of the times it's like you know you know we don't we don't look to prove ourselves right we look to prove ourselves wrong and so my you know with my idea whatever it is that i'm thinking of and i I go into that idea that i'm going to prove that idea wrong it's a pleasant surprise when it comes out that i was right um whereas if i go in and and i analyze something and i prove myself wrong then it's like well yeah okay keep going um so learning the drive to prove myself wrong um because there's a lot of things that i do right like you've probably heard me say this i hate i i say i hate i would say that i hate the fact that i'm right but i don't (laughs) uh and that's you know because there there are certain things that you know i i don't want to be right i don't i really don't (laughs) and 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 what happens is is that when i'm right it's like fuck all right well now how do we deal with this mm-hmm. because because if i prove myself right then that means that now i have to actually deal with something and you know there's this little bit of laziness of well if i'm wrong then i don't have to deal with it <laughs> and yeah. it's like yeah. okay, well i don't have to deal with it with the, in the way that i think i'm gonna have to deal with it i'll, I'll say that um so when I suddenly now have to deal with it, it's like, son of a bitch, damn it. This was not what I wanted yeah. to do. Um, I feel like, I feel like now we have, uh, I found something that we have in common deep and I'm like, I like to plot points statistically, mm-hmm. um, societally to see where society is going. And you're just doing that with like the raw data of what I'm just, um, instinctively feeling you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so what's nice is when i say something ridiculously in the future and then the the statistics when i talk to you you can see the future of that then i'm like okay you know what i mean it kind of validates me i want to i want to learn because i want to be right about what i talk about and you know there's times when i'll respond to something and i'll be like it's incredible that I know as much as I do about something that stupid that I can make a comment that, you know, thousands of people liked because, <laughs> because I was that right about something that obvious, you know? Well, and that's, and that's the thing is, it's like, there's, there's some things where it's like, I know that I'm going to be right about something because you know, my brain is constantly doing the math on things as I'm taking it in. Right. And so like, so I'm sitting there looking at something going, okay, I mean, that the, the likelihood that my thought is correct is, is really high or the thought, mm-hmm. you know, or, or I'll be sitting there and I'm going, I'm not so sure I'm right about this one. I think I might be wrong, <laughs> you know? And, and so talking to you, and so like in my head, like I, I constantly have that math going. It's like, what does, what does the balance of probability look like in terms of me being right mm-hmm. about this one specific idea, thing, group, people, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so, the idea that i can take you know something that i've always been good at and apply it rigorously to find mm-hmm. out if you know what i'm thinking is correct and be able to test it and prove it over and over and over again is is fantastic but at the same time you know a lot of the things that i'm doing you know really only provide enough value for me to make determinations on certain things and more broadly it's like i i'm doing the math and i can tell you broadly where where the data is pointed and you know there are other people that are you know analyzing you know this data and i'm going yeah that's going to point in the direction i think it's going to point in and sure enough it does and it's like well (laughs) you know you can you can only put so much data up and at a certain point you go son of a bitch (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, because you're always going to be missing a factor, and by the time you get that factor, another factor is going to change. Mm. You know what I mean? So, it's constantly evolving. But I think between the both of us, it's coming up with the way to message what we know is right in a way that people will understand without assuming we're being assholes. You well, and I mean? that's and that's the tough part is is that you know, when it comes down to something being, you know, mathematically, statistically correct, if somebody doesn't want to believe what you're saying, despite your best assertions, somebody's going to say you're an asshole. And that's, you know, uh-huh. I hope so. You know, what is it? George Carlin always said, everybody wants you to be honest until you're honest with them. Then you're an asshole. Yeah. 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 You know, somebody, we, we were having another fight about voter IDs and I was watching the argument you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 
And this guy, finally, he was like, fine, obviously this isn't the place for me. And I had to chime in and I was like, no, this is the total place for you. If you're looking for opposing views to what you thoroughly believe, but no, if you're looking for an echo chamber, then yeah, this isn't the place for you <laughs> because it wasn't a, there, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad discussion. Like, yes, no, if everybody got a voter ID regardless and they rained from the skies, that would be equal, but that's not how it is. And people have to realize that Right. he was saying, he was saying, well, you need a driver's license to buy alcohol. And I was like, yes, but you don't need a driver's license and to count the amount of jelly beans in a jar to get it. You know, that's and, the, and, the and, and the answer really is no, you don't even need a driver's license. Most States have a state ID that you could get. That is literally right. just a state ID, no driver license attached to it and that's that's me and that's perfectly fine you can absolutely yeah. get a state id and not have a, a, a driving part of it and that's the difference is is that i don't need somebody who has a driver's license in order to vote i need somebody who has an id mm -hmm. and now the question is is what does getting an id look like and then from there different and then right. from there what is it what does having that id do for your ability to register to vote and then from there, mm -hmm. what does, you know, having registered to vote look like in terms of being able to continue to vote? So, you know, that's, and that's the difference is, is that, you know, everybody's, everybody's different. So for example, you know, you've got this weird limitation on, you have to have a physical address in order to vote. Okay. Well, so what you're telling me is, is that the person who is homeless, who, you know, lives in, you know, the shack up on the hill over mm -hmm. here, you know, that he's built out of scrap is never going to be able to vote. He, let's right. say that he doesn't have, you know, for the sake of argument, let's say that he doesn't have any mental health issues. Let's say that he doesn't have any drug or alcohol issues. Let's say that he doesn't have any, um, uh, let's see here. So we've got mental health. We've got drug alcohol. He doesn't have any uh, felonies that would prohibit him from voting. Why doesn't he get to vote? Agreed. Why doesn't he, he's, he needs his vote more than anybody else. Right. Or, you know, you know, let's say, you know, what's, what is, what is going to be your definition of a physical address? You know, when you look at what our voting rights used to look like in this country, it used to be only property owning white men. So, mm -hmm. um, everybody who lives in an apartment, I'm sorry, you don't get a right to vote. You don't own property. You're only renting. And, you know, you think about that. Does that sound fair? That, that, Not at all, that, but that's the way it was. That's exactly it. Or, you know, I mean, if you had a vagina, you couldn't vote, right? You know, or let alone a different skin color. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so then, so then they changed it to all white men. Okay. So you didn't have to own property, but now you just had to be a white man. Okay. So no women, no people of color, mm -hmm. no native Americans, no, no, nobody that you, no, no American citizen that was born in this country without a, without a dick. Right. Uh, so that's, you know, that's bullshit. What's, <laughs> what's, what's funny is the 14th amendment, 14th amendment said all men are equal and they use that to say, see, women are we equal. So they had to revise it. Right. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, so, I mean, that's how much the verbiage meant. And yeah, and that's, there's systemic, there's systemic things right. that every government tries to do. And that's so, you know, that's, and that's an, that's an issue. And that's, and here's, and so here's, so here's where now, you know, we get into a problem, something that you can, you can appreciate. Um, so we had, you know, as you are well aware of literacy, uh, you know, literacy tests in order to be able to vote. Mm -hmm. Jason, yeah. uh, can you read? Yeah, sure. If I hand you a piece of paper right now, not using none of your tools to assist you, can you read? Oh, paper? No. So you shouldn't be able to vote. That's right. That's bullshit. You, because you, I need assistance. Yeah, you can. You you understand what it is you're voting for. You understand who it is you're voting for, but you have to have mm -hmm. tools in order to be able to understand the document that is that's ahead right. that is ahead of you. It's that, not that you're incapable right. of understanding it. It's that you have to actually have help. So, so why then? Why then would something like a literacy test be okay? Because yeah, you're exactly. you're com you are literate. You physically cannot read. You know, 30% of the incarcerated population right now is dyslexic. Sorry. It's an interesting. When you go to literacy, it just makes me, it goes to those literacy facts. But no, you're absolutely right. 
And right now, assistance is illegal. Like yep. if I, in Florida, if my roommate gives me a ride to vote, he can get arrested and I can get arrested. And there's poll watchers here now armed. There's a poll police now that can catch me that are looking for things like, and I can't go in there and then just sit unassisted vote. I still need somebody in the booth with me doing the buttons for me. You know what I mean? So, so then, you know, uh, so that right there is, I would say, number one, probably a, you know, a major federal complaint. Number two, I would put it as an ADA I complaint. So too. I would put it as an ADA complaint. So That's a federal ADA complaint. I've, and Jeffrey, you just hit the point. I'm sorry to stop you again. No. You just hit the point I've been trying to make. They keep saying that voter suppression is disproportionately affecting black and brown voters, but statistically, there's 49 million disabled people, 45 million black people, and it, if it affects all of the disabled people and some of the black and brown people, then it is also a disability issue. And you shouldn't be taking this in civil, like civil rights charges at the DOJ. You should be looking at it as an infraction of the ADA on reasonable mm -hmm. accommodations. And I can't get that message across that. I mean, I have messaged the DOJ like three times, like, why aren't you going at this as a discrimination thing from the ADA? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's faster. And I'm sorry to say this, white people care <laughs> i mean that's, they don't that's care. the reality if you say voter if you say voter suppression is affecting black and brown people white people are like oh so we're good <laughs> you know <laughs> but if, but at the moment that you say that you know well you know that that voter suppression could affect a conservative white man suddenly it's you know all arms right. are on the table and it's like like yeah. okay well that's you know the reality is, is is that you know if you were born in america you have you should have the right to vote period end of story we do have laws that that have removed people's rights to vote. We can, I think, that's a better conversation to have. Political uh, race theory, yeah. Um, you know, and I honestly think that we we need to have that discussion about, you know, if if I have to register for the selective service, right? You know, when I turn eighteen, why why I am I not required to register to vote? You know. Or, you know, because right. it's, a, you know, one of the things is it's a lot easier to keep your your access to voting once you've registered than it is to get your fucking registration to begin with. Yep. So that's just it is, is that, you know, if you're going to require kids to register for the selective service, fuck it, require everybody to register to vote while you're at it. And make that make be. that a part of high school, like. You know, there's Selective Service Registration Day and Voter Registration Day. Those are things that you do on a specific day as part of your American government class. Why? Because that's a part of American government, period, end of story. And I think that that would be a fantastic thing to do. And, oh, my God, would people lose their shit? You know, and unfortunately, I think that you're going to have a couple of issues at hand. Number one is, you know, if there's any kids that have been to juvie, you know, what does that mean for them and their ability to register to vote or, you know, register for selective service? As far as I'm aware of, you're required to register for selective service regardless. That's fine. I don't think your right to vote should be stripped away because of any crime you commit. I don't, I just don't. One vote. You get one vote. And All right. You, what about should, voter you fraud? Deserve that. You still get your vote. I still think you should get your vote. Interesting. Okay. I had. To, I, had to... I do. I. I don't think you should voter fraud. Like, but I don't think you should be. Even a murderer gets his vote. I think, and it should be just that simple. If it's going to be that black and white, then everybody should get it. We shouldn't selectively deny it and then just keep increasing that like a frog in water to me. Hmm. That's that's fair. That's, that's, a, that's I think that's, I think that's a fair discussion because, you know, why, you know, what is it about, what is it about, you know, having your right to vote stripped that, you know, is, is, uh, so important. Like there are certain things that, you know, we get penalized for, you know, in terms of, um, you know, once you're convicted, for example, uh, pharma bros going to be barred from the pharmaceutical industries for the rest of his life over his crimes and and as as a felon he loses his right to vote mm -hmm. and so the question is you know should he lose his right to vote no should he be barred from the from the pharmaceutical industry for the rest of his life oh yes you know and that's yes. and that's the difference is, is that you know there are certain things that i do believe that you're not you shouldn't be allowed to do 
depending on the crime that you've convicted been convicted of um i think that's that's absolutely going to always be the case and 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 i do think that there are ways for people to redeem themselves in other ways um arizona i just got this uh i just saw this they're going to be piloting a program for people who can get released to help them get their cdls because there's a major truck driver shortage good yeah i think that's fantastic and that's this is is. this is something that we've talked about this is something that we've we've said needed to be done get people the ability to do a job the training to do the job and i guarantee you you will probably see a substantial reduction in recidivism. Yes. And then give them their vote. It sounds so simple, simple, but it makes you part of a greater society to have it. You know, now imagine if you did that with more than just truck driving, you know, we've got so many pieces of the puzzle that are missing in this country. And we got a lot of people in jail. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I would rather see people get training in prison system and come out with their slate completely cleaned like it's supposed to be. Me too. You've done yeah. your you've paid your debt to society. Now go forth and be productive in society. Because guess what? You know, has anybody seen how much a truck driver makes? Enough to live. It's a lot of damn money. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of damn money, especially right yeah. now. You got truckers yeah. that are making over 100 grand a year right now being truck drivers. But that, my favorite Bernie quote is it, it costs $80,000 a year to house an inmate. It costs $35,000 in Pennsylvania to educate a student. I don't understand why prisons aren't surrounded by trade schools, welding, craftsmanship, uh, mechanics, agriculture, anything that they want. They should just be complexes of education that way. And you would find that somebody doing an eight-year term could come out with not only their GED, but their associates, you know, and go on to be something. But if you have that person come out and you deny them from being a part of society, no matter how educated, that sucks because we want those people to have their vote. Well, you know, and that's the thing is I I want people to be productive and then be able to have their right to vote more so than just have them have their right to vote. Because, you know, I I think that I think at a base level, everybody should just have the right to vote, period. Um, Me too. You know, uh, we can talk about, you know, what what appropriate age is, because once again, I'm hearing the push to get 16 year olds to vote. And I'm like, you know, I I like the idea of having their votes, but I don't. I, I oh I don't want to call it the three fifths thing because that's gross. No, but well, I think I think that they should be a part of the process, so they acknowledge it. But I also don't think they should be given the same weight of people that have responsibility in society. To me, and, and to me, it's either you give them you you give them full right. rights, access, privileges, or you don't. And then you don't. And and to me, it's like well, you know, we already have precedent that you know in pretty much every aspect of society at 18 you're allowed to do any number of things legally on your own and i think that that makes sense yeah and and it's legal for you to die for your country it's legal for you to participate in it exactly and so unfortunately if you know at 16 you know if you don't have those same rights and abilities to do at 16 then i'm sorry i don't think you should have the right to vote now we could talk about whether or not 16 year olds should have you know any sort of legal standing i will tell you that at 16 i was a numbskull but you know that's me too that's just me i also know some 16 year olds currently that i would be like you know what you're farther ahead than i ever was and i you know it's entirely mm-hmm. possible that you could but you can't make that argument for everybody and i would also make say that you can't make that argument for some of the 18 year olds because let's face it i knew some <laughs> fucking numbskull 18 year olds when i was in high yeah. school so there's that i was not i was a numbskull till i was about 47 so but how would you feel about when you Maybe you could register to vote in local elections when you get your driver's license. No, no, no. If you're going to give them the right to vote, you can't be partial. It's either all or nothing. Because, because all right now, because, because, you know, what, what, what then would make you say that, oh no, you're totally trustworthy to vote locally, but not federally. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. Then I would go with no, unless somebody wants to offer me an opposing opinion here that changes my mind. Yeah. You know? I just don't think they want it. So I'm not going to push for it when I don't have my vote. Yet, well, and, and, and I think especially like at least, you know, like in, at least in terms of like 
you know, when you hit 18, you've got people mm-hmm. who, are, who have a ta- at least taken U.S. history and American government. So you at least have yeah. a foundational, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, foundational knowledge. Look, we all know that at 18, we're, we're corrupted by either A, our parents' worldviews, or B, you know, our, you know, favorite celebrities' worldviews. And we haven't really had mm-hmm. a chance to form our own foundations in most cases. Because I can, I can tell you, at 18, I voted conservative. Why? Because that's what I was surrounded with. That's what I knew. That's what made sense. And, you know, as I started to learn, it was like, okay, you know, I would start to vote a little bit more liberal, but, you know, Montana liberal, because like our governor was a Democrat at the time. And, you know, really wasn't, you know, wasn't like, you know, this huge swing in difference of opinion. Montanans usually were kind of like, you know, whatever you do, you just leave me out of it. I don't give a shit. That's Steve Bullock. Uh, No, that was uh, Brian Schweitzer. Uh, uh, Bullock came after gotcha um he was a democrat but he was a very very centrist democrat well and so was schweitzer but but here's the thing is that uh, schweitzer also had a republican lieutenant governor so he you know he the idea was it's like look if if i'm going to be governor of the state then you know the idea is is that you know both parties need to be on the same page and under under schweitzer montana did great you know i mean given given the issues that montana had to face you know and we came off of a pretty awful republican governor at the time you know but we did we did pretty well considering you know i would say under bollock things you know went to shit but and that's why they end up with gianforte so (laughs) well then i think i think maybe it's up to parents then to take your kids through the process when they go through the process i really want kids to hit the ground running so they don't fall into any traps of not voting like i really think it's important i think i don't you know i think it's important for parents when they are voting like to show them the process and and this is what we've done with ours you know, it's, is that we show them, it's like, look, you know, here's the voter pamphlet. Here's what we're looking at. Here's how we're reading this. And it's like, now look, you know, here's what this person says their platform is. And here's what this person says their platform is. I don't agree with person A's platform. So I'm voting for person B. And sometimes, you know, if you're lucky, you get a couple of candidates with opposing views that have really good platforms. Sure. That's like, you know, here for the longest time, you had uh, Secretary of State Kim Wyman, who was a Republican. And, right. and you had Democratic, you know, Secretaries of State that were trying to oust Kim Wyman. But overwhelmingly, people kept voting for Kim Wyman in a state that leans very far left. And the question and was... She's, she's in the Biden administration now, right? Correct. Yeah, she's yeah, she's yeah, doing yeah. cybersecurity for elections for U.S. elections now, which is great. Oh, yeah, you know Kim, you know Kim Wyman was her her mentality was is that you know look, you know I believe that everybody fundamentally should have the right to access you know the vote and that my job is you know she viewed the the Secretary of State not as a partisan uh, thing but as a you know my job is to protect certain things and that goes beyond party technocrat yeah it's a technocrat and so she so she tended to make some enemies from the the republican side because she wouldn't push for the big lie and and i mean even in this state it was like you really think that somehow the the republican governor was going to win seattle the republican uh governor candidate was going to win seattle no like mm. no, I mean that's a fever fucking dream right there. The answer is no. That was never going to happen. Now I'm not saying that you know didn't need to find somebody different to Inslee, but there was no fucking way in hell that a Republican a Republican was going to oust Inslee, especially when you've got Seattle. Wasn't going to happen. It's a nice try, yeah, nice yeah. thought, but no. Now, if you had, and especially with the candidate that was offered, who was, you know, the big lie and, you know, Trump this and Trump that, and, you know, had no experience being a politician. He was just a cop. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not fucking happening. You know, if you had come up with, you know, I honestly think that, you know, you might've had a better chance of seeing uh, a real discussion about what a candidate would look like if say Kim Wyman ran against Inslee. Because, you know, people had voted consistently for Ken Wyman being a Republican. Right. I think I think people don't understand that there is this reasonable, moderate Republican working behind the scenes 
in the in a weird Republican Party where the National Party is way off base from local Republicans, and it's just right to me. It's it's very strange. It's a very strange dynamic, and like everything else we talk about, we go Republicans suck, and then the good Republicans are like, no, we really don't, and they're like Democrats suck, and you know Democrats are like, no, we don't. (laughs) I don't know. And, and, and it's this weird polarized time period and the loudest these mm-hmm. weird loud voices keep getting put at the head of the party and it's like look like, right. it's like look you know i know plenty of people who are republican who i would say are very well grounded it's just you know they have a, a different view on you know certain things like you know the fiscal sector of government and how constitution should be interpreted and they mm-hmm. don't believe that the election was fucking stolen and they don't believe these crazy things but when you're a part of a party that keeps saying really stupid shit like somehow because we found out over uh, over the last week that somehow January 6th is now legitimate political discourse. Well, I'm gr- glad you brought that up. But before we get there, I just I want to say libertarians were born from Goldwater. Goldwater said it's not it's not us, it's them. They're ruining our country. And every 10 years, a Donald Trump has come up from McCarthy and Goldwater to Nixon to Reagan to Trump. Like these guys come up and it they they divide America. They think America is weak and they keep testing the fences, but we're not weak. I wanted to say that America is not weak. And like Putin thinks America's weak. We're not weak. Like, you know, brothers and sisters, we fight like cats and dogs, but fuck you. Like, don't get me wrong. Come together. There there are, there are groups of people out there within this country that, you know, think that America is weak and that somehow it's all going to fall apart and there will be this well, great I think civil just war, lo- but they're, they're only, they're only, they've always been there. They're only louder because they have a, a, a megaphone on social media, right? Like there's always been Nazis. Like I remember the blues brothers. I hate fucking Illinois Nazis. It's true. They've always been around. It's exactly. just, they didn't, you know, and so they have an outsized voice, but, and now they're scared because like Texas is 50% minority. The country itself is like, 42% minority and white people have been pushed to the point of panic. They want theirs. Now they're trying to carve out their space and something they think is going to go, um, and, and diversified pretty quickly. And, you know? and, and if in like, if you followed the news that that's been getting pushed pretty hard because how many States have had their new voter registration maps, uh, or their, their right. legislative district maps, uh, shot down by their Supreme courts. Yeah. But the truth is, is you're never going to be able to gerrymander 70%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Best of luck. Like eventually, eventually Texas is going to be 70% uh, minority and you're not going to be able to get the numbers that you wanted to get, even if you gerrymander and rig the system, it's just not going to work. And that's the, f- the same system you're rigging and setting up. Democrats will get power right at some point and so you have to protect your system while rigging the system and republicans aren't doing that ron ron DeSantos says you can't talk about race in florida but florida is the place where most white supremacist groups are you silenced all the white supremacist groups by saying they can't talk about race but you put it in a bill that says you can't talk about race from a black perspective no you can't talk about race you didn't say slavery you said race and now every white supremacist is on the hook if some floridian says i don't like your shirt i'm going to take you to court for 10 grand that's not ron DeSantis's plan ron DeSantis said you couldn't protest if you were more than three people that looked like you were protesting and you got hit by a car, that person driving the car could not be charged with a crime. But if you see three people in MAGA hats and you're a fucking Antifa freak, you can run them over and just say the law is. And so Republicans aren't thinking about the future. They're thinking about the now. It's so short-sighted. And that's my problem. Oh, absolutely. It was, it's absolutely insane. But you know, yeah, this is what happens when you you don't think about what happens if somebody uses that law against you. It's it's one of those yeah. things. It's like the filibuster, for example. I get why people want to remove the filibuster, but if you yeah. think that Democrats have such a solid party that they'll never lose another election again, I hate to say it, 
We know that's not true. And the way things are going right <laughs> now, if you remove the if you remove the filibuster and the Republicans win the House, Senate, and presidency again, mm-hmm. you're gonna see some shit. Now, if the Republicans yeah. decide to remove the filibuster, then you know, then hey, Hippocrates. Well, they're going to. That's the whole thing. They're going to. Oh, it's and it'll be hilarious if when they do, because then it'll you know, then they don't get to complain about whatever, you know, crazy right. radical leftist whatever fucking bullshit. It's like, look, it shouldn't it shouldn't be the way that it is currently at all. If you have something <laughs> that you disagree with, remove it. Try to pass it solo. Move on from yeah. there, or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. break things up. Stop trying to pass these massive fucking things on voice vote, and actually sit That's down it. and go, hey, what can we all agree on? Well, we can all agree on this hey how about we pass this one let's get this off let's get this one signed and done so that way we can you know have discussions on you know the things that are going to be harder to talk about and and approach it from a little bit different perspective you know the idea that like for example the whole you know you know electric charging station infrastructure like the idea that you know that's you know shouldn't be part of infrastructure is a bit insane simply because you know i think that you could definitely do that one of two ways. You could either pass tax incentives for companies like Tesla or Chevron or Shell or whoever to put charging electric charging stations in there. Amazon could do it if they yeah, want. Yeah, you Who could cares? you could literally incentivize it in, in a number of ways. Sam's Club. Right. The biggest thing that you're gonna have to make sure of is do you have the feed, the electrical feed coming in to be able to power that? Do you have the you know do you have the electrical power generation i want to say that uh because you couldn't do that in texas right now no right Uh, because i want to say uh, was it the i want to say is the biden administration is actually championing a new nuclear plant that is going to be built in wyoming and i'm like great that's the the plan is to to build these things in central america and then have the infrastructure the lines which is what cost the towers and lines that's what costs the money to put those lines going to the infrastructures but start building yes to start building infrastructure for a new generation that's what the right and and great you know what wyoming wants nuclear power great montana wants nuclear power great north dakota south dakota i don't give a shit who fucking send it if if you you know if if washington doesn't want nuclear power great you know or if eastern washington wants nuclear power great whatever you know that's not the only power there that's not an exclusive deal like texas right now they're their wind and solar is outperforming the gas. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's not that that's causing the power outages. It's the infrastructure that has 70,000 to a hundred thousand people without power right now in Texas. Yeah. And somebody, somebody tweeted about that. And I was like, well, just keep, keep, um, keep keep electing Republicans. The books they burn will keep you warm in these difficult times. (laughs) Ooh, that's spicy. (laughs) But I also said, I feel, I know there's good, I know there is good people in Texas. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know how to help. I want to have sympathy for them, but God damn, you're just off the rails. I can't endorse you, Texas, not in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you got to get your party under control. And here's the reality is that I don't think. You got to get your state under control. I don't don't think books should be banned, period. End of story. And and this is coming from somebody who's read the Communist Manifesto and Mein Kampf. So. You can't. Banning books in the internet age is performative. Why are they performing it? You know what well, I mean? They're like, well, it's we don't want to have, have it. At, we don't have to have it at school. It's like, oh my oh. god, then you don't want computers at your school? It just doesn't make sense. Do you not want the internet in Texas? You, like, how are you going to ban seriously the number from Texas? The number of kids that the number of things that kids are reading it's like oh we're we're concerned about you know mouse something that's a you know uh, an allegory to the holocaust I mean, i'm like meanwhile your kids looking up fucking furry porn on their phones yeah, and you're like you're ask, concerned about ask, a holocaust representation ask billy eilish what she was watching when she was fucking 13 it wasn't mouse fucking porn you know it was porn porn <laughs> it's like what the fuck you know and that's but the, and that's the thing is it's like it's this the idea that you should that anybody can you know any school district can ban books sets a really bad precedent i don't i don't believe in i don't believe in book ban book banning because that's what the that's what the authoritarian left did under soviet rule and it's what the authoritarian right did under nazi rule book banning is terrible period liberals are doing it right now to joe rogan uh, you know, and oh, that's a that is an interesting one in and of. But it's the same thing, and they don't see it as the same thing. Like, 
This was my problem with Donald Trump's administration. It's my problem with how we address Joe Rogan. We try and silence him instead of standing in line to be a counterpoint on his show. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't agree with the shit that Joe Rogan is saying, fucking hound him, email him, tweet him, tell him you want to be on his show because he's wrong. Get on there, influence people that are on there to change the opinion. But don't fucking just try and cancel it. You're not going to get get rid of Joe Rogan because you got him off of Spotify. Because like you said, he's on Apple Podcast. He's on Google Play, Player FM, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, you know, right. the Stitcher Smart Radio app and more. He's everywhere. But what's important is that you promote indie indie voices like ours to fill the space around him you know what i mean exactly and, so and i mean don't get me wrong there's you know a, a part of the increased scrutiny that he's gotten turns out he's used the end grenade a few times of course on his podcast and, yeah, and that's, that's joey joey diaz said he used to make comics suck his dick to get spots it's all really gross he's always been gross that's my point you know and so <laughs> you know this is one of those things like you know does it you know does should he have a level of accountability for his actions and his words absolutely you know the 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 thing is is that you know whether people want to believe it or not you know, Joe Rogan has had a number of, of very different guests on his yes. show. I mean, the dude has had Neil deGrasse Tyson on there a number of times. Sure. And yes. so does counterpoints, counterpoints. That's what I'm trying so, to say. So, has yeah, I mean, he needs, you know, uh, somebody posted what, what the left would do if, if Joe Rogan brought Fauci on. And I laughed at that one because you know, that's how fickle the Amer you know, that's how fickle many people's minds are. People loved the Rogan podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yay. Science. Joe Rogan's yes. good. People loved the yeah. podcast when he had Elon Musk on there smoking a joint. Yay. Right. You know, weed normalization has this dumb fuck on there that doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and these unproven COVID treatments, boo, cancel Rogan. It's like, okay, we'll bring but, Fauci on and watch what happens. You know, is it really going to be that fickle? You know, because I don't believe that. It, That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Fauci <clears throat> should be like, I want to be on your show instead of. Here's what Joe Joe Rogan said. I took ivermectin ivermectin in, in a course of many things, including vitamin D, vitamin B, um, the vaccine when I could get it, monoclonal antibodies. Ivermectin was a part of his routine, and it was this Donald Trump thing. Let's split what he said and just get mad at him for the one thing. He's said other worse things since then, but that's where the point where I noticed mm -hmm. it starting, where we were dividing up what he says. He has a three-hour show, Jeffrey, mm -hmm. and much much like us, he has to push his his um, his guests in in the direction he wants the general conversation to go. And he might do that mm -hmm. by saying something stupid. I do that by saying things, stupid things to you and then seeing where it goes. I'm not defending him. I think that right. people should listen to him or listen to us. Just don't feed into Joe Rogan. If you don't get Joe, I Rogan. think the, I think that you should be a part of it. My favorite has been the Joe Rogan is what uh, Joe Rogan is to men. What Gwyneth Pal Paltrow is to women. <laughs> maybe i don't know i don't know anything about gwyneth paltrow uh, she's got some weird shit that you know she pushes and i'm like uh maybe bruh, like yikes like uh, what was it one yeah. like a steamed vagina thing she was pushing i'm going don't steam your vagina oh that's right don't do that no, don't steam your vi vagina let me do that for you uh, don't steam don't good steam. lord like, that's a terrible decision don't do that um, so you, you just can't replace a partner's loving mouth. You know what I mean? It's true. <laughs> it's true. And the other thing is, if you don't, if you don't believe in masks, I don't give a fuck that you don't believe in masks, but you, you don't have to tell the world that they don't work because you don't alone believe in them. I don't tell the world that they do work just because I do fucking believe in them. You know what I right. mean? You know, and that's the thing is, is like, what we know is, is that are there masks that are very, 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 you know, they're they're far less effective yes there are what do Maybe. we there yeah. are in and there are studies that that have shown it's like you know what a cloth mask looks like what a surgical mask looks like mm -hmm. what an n95 looks that, like i'll have that conversation but Absolutely. i don't want the conversation with oh well, this mask doesn't work so fuck all masks all together if you believe that keep it to yourself don't wear a mask i don't give a fuck but don't promote the theory you know right unless you have evidence it's like that's when you go all right when's the next time you're going under the knife and then 
tell the surgeons, don't wear a mask. He doesn't believe in it. It'll be fine. You know what any surgeon will do? They'll look at you and go, what the fuck are you talking about? We know masks during surgery work. We have years upon years yeah. of studies that show that the simple ask of, uh, the simple uh, uh -huh. task of adding a mask during surgical has improved good outcomes during surgery. We know this is true. Just like we found out hand washing before you do a surgery, uh, you know, improve the possibility right. that you're, you're the, the person going under the knife was going to live. There have been a number of things that we have done that we know work. Now, like you said, we can have the conversation about what is and isn't as effective. The reality right. is, is that a cloth mask does offer some protection. It's not a lot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit down and tell you that it's completely ineffective, but in terms of uh, efficacy goes, it's, it's the quote unquote, better than nothing option. Right. <clears throat> it's no, I get that. But then there is people on Twitter saying masks are, they don't work at all. There's no, there's no proof behind it. Like if you believe that the election was stolen, come at me with fucking data and evidence and say it, or don't say it at all because you don't have the proof of it yet. Go looking for the proof. Don't tell me you're right. You right. Know? And, 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 <laughs> or my personal favorite is the, the one about, you know, all of the deaths from the vaccine that are not being reported. I'm like, okay. So where is your proof that this data exists? That's right. And they're like, That's well, you can't, you're not, you're, well, they're not showing it because it's like, okay, well, you can't sit there and tell me that all these people are dying, but then fail to offer proof of that. That would be That's like, right. that would be no different than me telling you that, you know, the flying spaghetti monster is real, but then failing to offer proof of it. You, the reality right. is, is, is that have there probably been deaths from the vaccine? Yes. In fact, we do know of plenty of deaths that have happened with AstraZeneca. We know that. Mm. And guess what happened? The U.S. banned that vaccine. Right. Not, and, and it's not because it came from some third world country. It came from the U.K. And we saw the risks were too high for Americans. So we said, no, we're not going to use that vaccine. Right. So, I mean, the reality is, is that are there deaths associated with the vaccine? Probably. Are there deaths that are going to be attributed to the vaccine? Maybe, maybe not. I guarantee you that if you had some severe health issues and then got vaccinated, there is definitely a chance that under the stress that your body was already under, the vaccine pushed, yes. you, pushed your body in a direction that probably didn't help. I guarantee right. you that's going to be the case. But if you're known as the fucking fry, you know, you're, you're known for eating the fucking fattiest foods, the greasiest shit, you have health problems as it is. And then you go, you know, you're, you're already being told that you need to be on all these different medications to take care of your health, your heart, your lungs, your whatever, you know, and you're not doing it. And then you go get the vaccine and suddenly, you know, you have uh, uh, an issue and you end up in the hospital. I'm going to tell you right now that the vaccine probably didn't help, but right. it was probably the last 10% that you needed in the other 90, 90% uh, that you'd already done. That said, what that also means then is, is that when you have people that have these, this level of health issues, you also need to be looking at potentially how do you dose, redose properly so that way you can avoid these kinds of issues. We go at this right. with a very broad hammer. And I do think that, you know, you know, for the most part, that's going to be absolutely what people need to do and deal with. But I will say that when you have people that have significant health issues that should get vaccinated, what that also means is, is that we perhaps need to look at a different approach in getting them to the point of vaccination where we're not tipping yes. them over the edge. But the broad stroke, but individual care at some point, it has to come down to individual specific situations created just for them and their safety. Right. You know, you can't mandate it. Like, so I have a thing here that says, you know, I just thought about this, that mandates mandates would be over already if it wasn't for people fighting mandates. And it seems like silly, simple, stupid people are prolonging their own pandemic. Uh, uh, oh yeah. They're they're So we've talked about this before and here's, here's how I feel about mandates in general. Mandates mean absolutely nothing. If there is no actual punishment to go with a mandate, you can sit down and, and tell me that I'm required to do whatever. But when I ask you what the punishment is and you say nothing, then what the fuck is there actually to do? Like, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, you have to get vaccinated. Great. What happens if I don't? Well, nothing. 
Right. Okay. So what, what, what is the driver then the hope that I do something good, you know, for a lot of us, yes. The answer is, is that of course we're going to go get vaccinated. It's, you know, we're going to go get vaccinated if there wasn't a mandate. And the reason why is because, you know, we have care for ourselves. We have care for others around us. And that's not to say that people that are refusing the vaccine don't have that. There's a lot of people that are refusing the vaccine because they can't get vaccinated, but they're being lumped right. in with this other group that is just flat out refusing and being fuckheads about the whole thing. So there's a hundred, there's a hundred million unvaccinated. You can't get vaccinated if you're under five effectively yet. Yeah. And there's, there's hesitancy, hesitancy under 11. And then there's about 20 million people that are immune compromised or in some other way, really legitimately cannot get the shot. So that boils down to <clears throat> about 60 million hardcore. I'm not getting the vaccine people, you know? And so, yes, it's like everything else we do. We talk about one group. They're talking about another group, right? You know what I mean? And so we're like protect the people that can't. And they're like, we don't want it personal freedom, but you're going to hurt the people that can't. We don't care. We don't know them. We're hurting you, the people that are. And it's this weird circle circle jerk of logic. I think we keep calling it, you know, public access America. It's always funny because like, especially because as you know, libertarians, we get a ton of shit, even amongst other libertarians. We're- I think political philosophy is a lot like religion and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying. The main the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because, well, we've seen how that's gone. And you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way. You know, more dependence on connections with each other. You can always bring it back to what would one human do for another? What would a hundred do for a hundred? People looking out for people. Find Public Access America anywhere you find your favorite podcast every Sunday and Thursday. And join the chat on YouTube at Public Access America every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Communities looking out for community. Public Access America. History in the making, making history in the making, in the making, in the making, in the making. In the making. No, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, I don't know what to tell people. It's like, look, there are people that haven't gotten the vaccine and got COVID and they are still struggling. And I know people who've gotten the vaccine, yeah. got COVID and, you know, yeah, it was a rough ride, but they're, they've recovered. I know people who've gotten COVID and they haven't gotten shit. So, you know, it's, it's all over the place, but here's the thing is, is that when you look at, when you look at what the likelihood of recovery looks like post COVID people who have gotten vaccinated prior to getting COVID do a lot better than people who didn't people who get vaccinated after having COVID seem to recover more than they would have if they didn't get vaccinated after having COVID, but they're still not in as good of a position as people who got vaccinated before getting COVID. Somebody's doing a, I think it was Canada. Canada had to extend their time frame between vaccines to nine months, I think it was, instead of six. And they found that there was actual more benefits to that. Uh, it's there's there's been a few different there's been a few different tests that have been run yeah. throughout the world. So you've got some that are extending the timelines. You've got some that are actually shortening the timelines, and I yeah, yeah. And it, you've got some that are looking at fourth shots. Uh, Israel looked at a fourth shot. And they did a fourth shot regimen, and they're finding that a fourth shot offers no additional benefit for most people, except for the right. severely immunocompromised. There's going to be a limit to what a vaccine can do at boosting your immune system. There's only right. so many times you can jerk it. Right. And that's about once a year, I would imagine. And I think that's I, mean? I think that's ultimately where it's going to get to is is that, you know, about yeah. once a year you're you're going to get, you know, your booster and you know, it's going to be tailored to, you know, whatever might be going around at the time. Yeah. I, I, it'll be nice. Uh, my hope is, is that, you know, right now it's, it's a uh, hundred days to tool up a new booster. My hope is, is that they'll be able to cut that down even faster, you know, cut it in half and then in half again, and then maybe in half again, mm-hmm. you know, the, and then, you know, you've got the question of production and dis- and distribution and all that other fun stuff. My mm-hmm. hope is, is that, you know, we get to the point where, you know, Number one, we treat coronavirus with a with a pan coronavirus vaccine. The mRNA right. vaccines have been highly effective in in what I would consider stop gaps, um, right? Because it's keeping people from getting severely sick 
but it doesn't address the fact that, you know, the virus mutates. Whereas if you get a pan coronavirus vaccine, that should address that period. And right. that's the where core of the, the core of the virus, right. not the spike. And then, the core. and then you have this other stopgap that's now being produced. That is a pill that is a protease inhibitor for the actual right. virus itself. And then I believe that scrambles, you, that scrambles your DNA so that the COVID can't attach to it right. during that time. And then you have, right. and then you have, um, Novavax, awesome. and then you Science have Novavax, awesome. which is actually using uh, part of the virus in order to create, uh, you know, more of like an attenuated vaccine, like what we're used to, and it's highly right. effective. So, you know, the reality was is that mRNA is like this great initial creation stopgap. Let's stop what's right. going around, and then then we'll get to something that's a lot more effective in more than just a variant. We'll get something that's more effective pan disease and then from there we'll get something that is you know even more effective yet we're going to have more tools we're going to have more possibilities we're going to have a lot more things that are going to be able to address people getting sick and and not have to worry about this but in the meantime like if your judges personal freedom. Okay. Well, you have personal freedom to do whatever it is you want then, I guess, but here's the problem. There is no bed for you. Right. Right now. And it's not that I'm saying that you can't go get one. I'm saying that the hospitals are fucking full. There is no bed for you. You're going to be coughing in a fucking parking lot and hoping that they can get you in sometime soon. Fortunately, I know some people who, uh, they have a family member on a ventilator right now and, um, they're probably going to be saying goodbye this week. And I knew, I know that's coming. That's what I was trying to say a couple of weeks ago. Healthcare doesn't care about you. They're full and you're, you're not like a patient, you're a product and they're just trying to get you past them in whatever way they can. And mm-hmm. if that means shoving a tube down your throat and walking out the door, the door, that's what they're going to do. They can't invest their emotions anymore in their patients. And that's going to suck for their patients. And and they're running out of time because guess what? When you have that mm-hmm. many patients, you ain't got the time. It's what we call right. crisis standards of care. So yeah, you're, you you're can... getting, you're, you might be getting the bare minimum, but you're probably getting less. Yeah. Because you're being triaged because there is no, there, you, you, there's nobody else in the hospital system to help you period. Right. That's what I was so, trying to say. Like you don't want to, you don't want to push the system that's already collapsed twice. So, you know? so then the question becomes, you know, how do you get more people into the system? Because this is a problem that is not, you know, this is a problem that is not only is it unique to the time period, but it was unique to the time period. This, the the shortage of healthcare staff was prevalent before COVID hit, and has only since served to highlight it even further. And exasperate it because so, people are leaving leaving the, the institutions in droves. So the question that some people are going to have to sit down and answer is, you know, what do we have that gets people into the healthcare pipeline faster um, or in a, in a greater quantity? And you're going to have to yep. look at a couple of things. You're going to have to, I, I would say that nursing needs to be a trade program that people get, you know, are able to get into faster that, you know, in, in cases like now, the government looks at paying for, you know, if that's the case, um, or oh, we, so we at, should put, let's, let's put a nursing trade school by our prison then. And, or, you know, if you can, if not, then, you know, where, where do we have our options of getting more nursing trade schools? So that way we can get more quantity of healthcare because right. the current system is not working. The shortage was there beforehand. It's worse now. In fact, let's put one by our foster system too. And maybe by our immigration system. I like that. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. He's Jeffrey. I'm Jason. That was our Thursday show. We will be back this Sunday for even more exciting conversation. To those who would defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty,
Stream time, YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 